The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. How are you now? We're back again, as promised. You know, the Montreal Canadiens season is over, but uh, the Laval Rocket, their season is absolutely not over. And we're going to continue with content, not only for the draft, but apparently also for the AHL playoffs, because the Laval Rocket defeat the Syracuse Crunch by a score of four to three, and they have officially qualified for the AHL playoffs for the second year in a row. I'm joined for this special episode of Absent Minded by the fugitive Anton Razgard, who, as I understand, had to flee the Laval Rocket Arena recently because the uh, French Foreign Legion was there looking for him. I don't know what happened there, man. Yeah, so I was replaced by Jared tonight. Uh, he's he's much more. Um, he doesn't uh, cause the same uh, the same kind of uh, problems that I do wherever I go. So now I'm hiding in a downtown Montreal hostel. And if you hear, I have to say this beforehand, if you hear things in the background, uh, it is because I'm in a hostel. Uh, and also, I just as we started recording, I heard that the ice machine in the back started making sounds. So, yeah, we're going to do this because, you know, it's a happy occasion, uh, especially, you know, Montreal knocked out like we already knew, knew that like a month and a half ago. Um fifth best odds for the uh, NHL uh, playoff lottery, but we really needed uh, some kind of, uh, you know, happy occasion to celebrate. And Laval has given us that. Yeah, you know, I, I caught mostly just the end of the game. I was trying to watch it simultaneously with the OHL and QMJHL playoffs. Apparently, I'm too old to watch more than two games at once. Um, but I, I got to tell you, man, I, I was impressed, particularly by Caden Primo and what I saw in that game. Uh, they got outshot, what, 45 to about 30? I, I didn't check the final shot tally. I got to be completely honest. And, and I don't really want to pull up the website right now so everybody can hear me tapping away at my keyboard. But Syracuse had over 40 shots and Caden Primo holds them to three goals. Like, d- d- do you agree with that assessment? You feel like that was kind of a, a pretty much a statement game from him? Like, look, I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm ready to show something here. Yeah, it's it's especially strange because of the way it started. Because Primo um, had, you know, a less than stellar, um, you know, he he made a less than stellar um, effort on the first uh, Syracuse goal, uh, where they tied it up to one one, and you were kind of feeling like, ah, oh, is this one of those nights where he's not really feeling it, like last Friday against Cleveland, where he was a little bit shaky, he wasn't, you know, playing at his yeah. top, and, and and Laval really would need Primo to play at his best tonight, because, you know, Syracuse is a, you know, a feisty team, and, and it was a, basically a must-win. Um, and then, basically, when Laval was dominating the game in the first period, basically for half 
half the game and then Syracuse took over more and more and more uh, and in the third period it was mostly uh, Syracuse making an effort and they got one goal in and then Primo was just a wall and he was well-deservedly awarded the first star award um, now it's it's terrific to uh, terrific to see because Kaden Primo is that kind of goalie that I wouldn't say he has the same style as Samuel Montembeau, but but you can kind of see uh, quite early if they're gonna you know have a night or not. Um, yeah. And with Primo starting the way he did, it was kind of like I think it was a statement for him personally as well to just see that you know you can shake off a bad start and then still come out and save almost forty shots, which is great. Yeah, it's it's really it, it, it's an interesting parallel to draw with uh, Montembeau because they they both have kind of that quality about them where it's like if they let in a couple of stinkers early, you know it's going to be a rough night like yeah. every time. And I mean, I saw the replay of uh, the first goal, and that was my first thought too. I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those nights for Grimo. He's going to have a rough one, and like everything's just going to seem to go in on him no matter what happens. And he rallied, man. He really came back in that one and played a, a magnificent game. And he was really good for them in the playoffs last year. I think that can't be overstated. He put up what, like a 923, I think. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Whatever he put up, his, his exact save percentage that he had the last time that a Habs goaltender had uh, that exact save percentage in the playoffs was Carey Price when he won the Calder with the Hamilton Bulldogs. So... Yeah. Yeah, he had it's, a nine nine three six in the playoffs last year. Nine three over, six. Okay, so yeah, I was over, underselling over, it. Yeah, over fourteen games, uh, two point seventeen goals against average. So I mean, going into the playoffs, he's going to be a, a for sure a key player for them. And the fact that they've gotten into the playoffs is actually huge for the organization. It must mm-hmm. be mentioned. Like this yeah. gives an opportunity the players that they currently have that are in the CHL playoffs. Uh, depending on what league they're in, depending on their situation, they might get eliminated. Like Philip Mishar, I just watched the the London and Kitchener game, and London ran over Kitchener. Philip Mishar is probably going to be available pretty yep. soon for the Laval Rocket if they're interested in having his services. So this is going to present a pretty unique opportunity for the Habs uh, to get some of those young players up into the Laval Rocket lineup and get maybe some playoff experience in the AHL. Uh, it's a tough task for sure to ask anybody to jump out of junior and immediately go to pro hockey and not just go to pro hockey, but play professional playoff games. It's definitely not easy, but it's, 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 I think an important chance for them to find out what some of these guys can do. I think yeah, they probably it, it, love. Yeah, I was just going to say, no, I was just going to say like, even if they don't play a lot, just being around the team and, you know, maybe playing a game or two it's still important for the future we see guys who have made the jump this year older guys but still you know rookies we see Alex Belsil we see um, Rafael Harvey Vinal we see Jesse Ullonen, um, who all had that playoff experience in Laval last yeah. year and this year they have shown that they can actually make an impact on an NHL level as well and I think it helps a lot to have that kind of you know with this mentality where you have to win even if you know montreal season wasn't up to par it's still you know it helps you know just throwing in a mentality into your head uh where where winning is um the only alternative yeah and look i i think they'd love to maybe have guys like specifically logan mayu come up and play I think he needs that step up in competition almost more than than anybody else that they've got in the system right now. 
Um, he looks like he's in for a bit of a run in the OHL playoffs. So he's not going to be available, but anybody they can get basically anybody that they can get, I would suggest bringing them up as black aces. Like you said, have them around the team, have them the opportunity to practice with professional players who are preparing for professional playoff games. That experience is invaluable. Just being around professional players, being around professional systems, being around professional practices, professional facilities. This is the kind of thing that they're going to have to get used to. And, that you know, introducing them gradually, especially for players who are not, you know, the, the next coming of Wayne Gretzky, they need to have those reps. They need to have those practices. And this is a fantastic opportunity to get that for them. So, I, you know, so I think everybody, every fan of the Montreal Canadiens should be excited that, that the Rocket have made that playoff. You saw, what, over 10,000 fans in that building? That building yeah. was rocking. Yeah. yeah. That building was rocking. The city of Laval is on fire for this. They're loving it. And the players are loving it. And the organization and the, the broader Habs fan community, we should be loving this as well because uh, it's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, hopefully they don't let it go to waste. If they can get through like a round or two at the very least and like extend this thing a little bit, they might get even more players to get to come up. Um, I don't think they're going to get guys like Joshua. Uh, I think he's going to be in for the long haul in the playoffs, but you but know, they, they're, they're going to have other before, options. Yeah, as you said before as well. I mean, since he is the second coming of Wayne Gretzky, he doesn't need that. He is, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he is definitely the second coming of Wayne Gretzky. If he doesn't score at least 2,000 points, he's a bust. No, but I'm just saying, like, he doesn't need that experience because he's already, you know, a superstar in the making. So what what's a little AHL playoffs for the second coming of Gretzky, you know? Well, he did get in what? He got one game last year. Yeah. And... um He pulled off a really beautiful toe drag uh, coming into the offensive zone and almost scored on it. Yeah. Um, look, I, I I almost wish, and I, I don't even want to say this, I almost wish Sherbrooke would get eliminated so we could see him up <laughs> with the Rocket because the way he's developed this year, uh, I think he'd be a perfect fit right now. He can kill penalties. Uh, his defensive game has taken you know, leaps and bounds ahead of where he was when he was drafted. Uh, and he still hasn't lost any of that shot, any of that, uh, you know, innate playmaking ability that he has that that made him a 100 plus point player in the QMJHL. So I, I think he'd be a great fit. I just don't think he's going to end up being available. But look, Mishar probably available right away. Hypothetically, mm -hmm. if they wanted to dip deeper into the barrel, uh, Cédric Gagnon is already available. They could potentially call him up. I think they might as well stock the cupboards as much as they are possibly allowed to and then try to give some of these guys a shot uh, where possible. Of course, they want to ice the optimal lineup. So they're not just going to stack a bunch of CHL imports basically onto the roster and try to win a series like that. But I think it's smart to have as many black aces as possible. Treat it like you would if it was an NHL team and maximize as many roster spots as you're allowed to have, have as many rookies as you possibly can come up out of the CHL and be there ready to play for you. And again, just weaponize your contract limit, weaponize your player limit to the absolute yeah. maximum, have all these guys there, try them out in practice. And you know what, if you see something you like from somebody, then throw them in a game. Yeah, exactly. Have some and, fun and, with it. And it's also like, like we said before, uh, I mean, if you have three or four of those guys and one uh, fits in better than, than the others, then he gets to play. Like if it's, 
if yeah. it's one just one player who can come in and make an impact now it doesn't matter if they don't they still get valuable experience but if someone can actually strengthen your team right now we still see this team having a bit of injury problems and they still have a bunch of guys who have uh, come up from uh, from trois rivières uh, throughout the year and and sticked mostly because of injuries as well uh, like Riley McKay and uh, they have Nolan Jeremko was playing tonight for example and he was a U sports player just a couple of months ago, um, but you know, yeah, uh, Zubé was down in uh, in Poirier at one point this year yeah, too, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And now he has what sixteen goals. He was one of the best players down the stretch. Um, yeah. But like, if you can, I I don't know the situation with, for example, a Jared Davidson who is already twenty. If he uh, can get signed on like an AHL tryout deal or something because he was just drafted last year, I don't know exactly how that works. Um, I don't know like how, how it is with the WHL playoffs either. Um, Riley Kidney, I don't know either. Like obviously he has to sign, but I don't know like if um, if his team is a juggernaut or not. It Kidney has so Kidney has an ELC, uh, so yeah. he could go up. Uh, he could play for the Rocket tomorrow, but Getzno is uh, pretty much a powerhouse. They lost one game against St. John. Uh, I was, was at traded. that game. Actually. He was traded to Getzno as well, right? Yeah, he was traded to get to know from uh, Akadzi Bathurst. Uh, yeah, if he yeah. was still in Bathurst, then he'd be available right now for him. But I think um, if if they were hoping for Riley Kidding, I think that would be incredibly fun on the yeah. same level as Joshua Roy. I think it would work very well for the Rocket, but I just don't think he's going to be available until like maybe the second round for Laval. I it's it's going to be tough. I, I don't see gets no bowing out of the playoffs anytime soon. No. I think they'll make it through round two as well. And uh, they're probably going to be in the final four there. So yeah, yeah. but look, they're, they're going to have some options coming up. You, you mentioned yeah. Jared Davidson. I think he needs to sign an ATO because he doesn't have an ELC with the team. Um, I'm not positive on that. This is where we kind of need Andrew Zadarnowski to join the pro- the podcast yeah. so he can educate us a bit on the CBA and like what teams can and can't do because I'm honestly not positive. Uh, but that would be an interesting option as well. And I think, again, Mishar is going to be available pretty soon. Yeah, And we'll see. Like, a- again, if I was them, I would bring up everybody that I possibly can uh, and find out what they can do, you know? And Yes, especially because they're the future of the team, right? So, like, as much as you would like... Um any of these guys uh, who are, you know, coming out of nowhere to, to still make make an impact and everything. Like, more competition is always healthy, first of all. And second of all, um, you've drafted these guys for a reason, right? And they've done well in juniors. So you kind of want to see what you can get out of them on a bigger stage. And there are so many of these players now who you've, uh, you know, drafted late um, and who have come up to uh, to Laval and actually improved as, that much that they've actually gotten a chance uh, to play in the NHL as well. Like, Lucas Condado obviously wasn't even drafted, but he scored a goal uh, in the NHL in his first shift, in his first game, incredibly. Uh, Joel T still wasn't drafted either, but, you know, coming through Laval and the development system there, and we see what it has done with a guy like Justin Barron this year. Um, we have seen Jaden Struble come in now as of late and and show that he is, you know, forced to be reckoned with. And I can just imagine, can you imagine having both Arbor Shekai and Jaden Struble um, a couple of years from now? That would be, you know, physical, <laughs> to say the least. That would be a goddamn nightmare to yep. play against. Everyone like, you're not going to have any fun. 
Yeah, everyone complaining against, you know, the Habs being too small and too unphysical. That would be something to look forward to. Yeah, he um who was it? And then I, you I have forget Gulli. who it was, but he launched he launched yeah. somebody. Yeah. Like he got beat in the corner. And yeah. uh Scott Matla has a gif up on his Twitter account. If anybody hasn't seen it, go to at Scott Matla on Twitter and yeah. you'll see it. It's it's down in his his media list there. And Struble gets beat in the corner, and then he's kind of chasing this guy from behind and just launches him face yeah. first into the post. Uh and it's it's shoulder to shoulder. So technically, like by the letter of the law. There's nothing wrong with that hit, right? He does throw him into the post, which is not the nicest thing to do. But as a ref, if you're looking at that, you got nothing you can really call. Struble yeah. is a wildly strong individual. Most people will remember. And if you don't remember, he beat everybody by like a significant margin on the bench press at the NHL draft. And that's kind of what put him on the map. And you're, you're seeing that now since he's come up. Like and he he's was got a high school strength. player at that time. Yeah. Yeah, a high school player at that time, and he yeah. smoked everybody on the bench press. He's probably, I'd say, physically strong enough, like in terms of body and physical capabilities, he could play in the NHL tomorrow if you wanted him to. Yeah, I think it's he's more, still got some uh, some yeah, work the, to do on different aspects of his game, and, but you know, yeah, yeah. But if if the only thing he had to do was compete physically immediately you can put him in the nhl tomorrow and have no problem yeah exactly go and whack that guy Jaden, uh, and he, yeah. he would do that maybe, maybe the puck is in the other direction so it wouldn't be very smart but he can do that you know he I can, want you to he put your shoulder through this guy's chest in this specific situation yeah he's gonna get yes. that done for you yes. it's the same conversation that i had with with hattie kalakesh about um about lane hudson right where if the only thing that he had to do was play transition right now you yep. could put him in the NHL tomorrow and no problem. If you could just hop on the ice and do transition and then hop off, you're good to go. Same thing with Struble, right? If it yep. was just, all right, I need you to go out in this specific situation and, and put a hurt on this guy right here. I need you to blast him with your shoulder right in the center of his chest, hit him in the sternum and make him think twice about going to that area of the front of the net again. It would work, right? You you can see it. Um, I've, I've ever since the Habs have, very much put themselves out of the playoff picture. I've tried to start watching more rocket games. And then when they started getting up some of those younger players, I tried to watch even more. And when Struble came up, I was very interested. So I watched his first game and that was the first thing that stood out to me was, man, this is, this is a man among boys. And now he's yeah. a man among men and he's still a man among boys. It's, it's absurd. Um, yeah. But it's, if, it's one thing, as you said, like to be, to be big when you're playing against high schoolers in, in Rhode yeah. Island, you know, where you grew up or, or like playing against future whatever's in the NCAA even, but like coming up to the AHL and still, as you say, looking like a man among men or like, you know, that he makes the other guys look like boys. That's impressive. And it's fun to see. Um, and I was going to say as well about like what you say about having one special ability. It's kind of like going back to check out Cole Caulfield, like in the 2019 draft or the first season after that, when you kind of like that shot is elite, you know, he could score in the NHL tomorrow. But the problem was that he didn't have the well-rounded game. So the Habs did the right thing and, you know, let him marinate for two years in the NCAA and, now we can see, you know, that he can bring so much more to the table. And that's basically like what you're looking for in these guys. You you draft Lane Hudson for his transition ability, but then you're just hoping that he can, you know, tag on one, two, three things 
through you know a developmental system and a developmental coach and working with Adam Nicholas and all that and the same Jaden Struble you don't draft him because he's super like polished and super smart in every you know like in every decision he makes on the ice you draft him because he's a physical monster and then you hope that he can pick up other things Logan Mayu is another example he has a blasting shot and he's you know skates like the wind and he's really big and then he's not very smart in his decision making sometimes and you know that that happens yeah it's 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 a balance right especially when you're not picking in the top 10 or the top five you're, yeah. you're looking for something specific you're, you're looking, looking for traits, some right yeah you're looking for qualities that you think you can develop into an effective nhl player yeah. Right. And and the and, only thing to the only way to develop these guys is, is to play them, right? So to get them, you know, to play at yeah, first developmental junior hockey, NCAA, whatever, and then play them in the AHL until they're ready. So and the NHL as well, let them make mistakes. We see Montembo, for example, he's 26, 27, still developing. He's a goalie, obviously, but you know, you you see that development continues if you have a good developmental system and the Habs actually feel like it feels like they have that in place now. Ooh, and there's an interesting one too that I completely forgot to even mention. Yeah. Um, the Ottawa 67s beat the Peterborough Peets tonight. Vincent Rohrer. So, uh, yeah, Vincent Rohrer, uh, yeah. probably not going to be available for the Laval Rocket if they were interested in his services. But Peterborough happens to have a centerman by the name of Owen Beck. Ooh, you're right. Might end up being available for the Laval Rocket. We've already seen him play a game with the Montreal Canadiens this year. How would he fit into the Laval Rocket lineup right now? That would be uh, really interesting because... Sorry, if I if I saw correctly tonight uh, in Laval, they were playing Yeremko at one of the center positions, I think. Um, McKay was out and Mishak went out and, uh, in warm-ups. So getting... Owen Beck into play at you know bottom six center role. I mean he's defensively responsible. Um, he's a smart player. Yeah. You know that that would even if everyone comes back and everyone is healthy, it's extra competition. And uh, I think Owen com- Beck would compete well. Um, Peterborough haven't. I mean he hasn't lit up Peterborough, but Peterborough hasn't been the greatest team either. So it's been a difficult situation both for him and for Philip Michard this year. Um, I think he would. He's another guy like Emil Heinemann that I think would fit better in the pro uh, than he does. Well, obviously Heinemann was playing pro in Sweden, but mm. you know fits better in the AHL NHL um, than they do. Like may- maybe like Owen Beck was expected to carry uh, Peterborough Pete's team. Um, I think he's better and you know being one of the guys uh, rather than the guy. Yeah, the, look, Peterborough didn't acquire him to be the scoring guy to like light up the scoreboard because that's not what he does, right? He plays a very effective game. I think he's super useful in the playoffs, particularly because of how responsible he is defensively. Uh, and as you mentioned, smart player, right? Yep. You very rarely, if you watch an Owen Beck game, you you very rarely find him in the wrong position on the ice. I don't think, uh, I think I've watched 20, 25 of his games so far this season. I don't think one single time I've ever looked at him on the ice and been like, yeah, don't be there. You mm-hmm. know, that's the kind of thing where you can take, uh, if a player has that quality where they're that smart and they're that good in a system that you can just plug them in anywhere you want. And you know that they're going to do exactly what it is that you ask of them. 
that's the kind of guy for me that I feel like the Laval Rocket might be interested in having because they know it's going to be easy to plug him in there. Yeah. Right. Whether they want to use him at center, they can use him at the wing too. Uh, he's yeah. I've, I've seen him skate on the wing. He's not bad there at all. He's quite good. It's almost like having an Arturi Lekkanen. There we go with some more Arturi Lekkanen comparisons that are mm-hmm. unnecessary. Uh, but <laughs> look, I, I think if Ottawa ends up with a sweep in that series, which based on this first game, uh, I didn't watch that one. I was on London and uh, Sherbrooke tonight personally, uh, but it was four to two for Ottawa. And Ottawa is a very strong team in the OHL. It's going to be tough for Peterborough to get past them uh, because they've got a lot of weapons. If they end up with a sweep, you know, I, I feel like that's a move Laval has to make. They got to bring him up uh, again, have him around the team. And uh, Scott Matla actually said in the EOTP chat, he said that's the one guy that he could see the Laval Rocket putting into the lineup right away Owen over Beck. any of the other prospects. Yeah, Owen Beck. Mm. Now, I was, I was so, checking out the lineup tonight as well. And, you know, Joel T. still called up to the NHL playing two games. He played on the fourth line tonight, <laughs> maybe because he was tired. But also, it tells you something about the competition level now. They have Albi Pinal, obviously. They have Anthony Richard, who scored his 30th goal tonight. Uh, Mitchell Stevens has done well. He obviously was injured uh, at the very end there. Let's hope it's not something, anything serious. But you have Jesse Ilonen, who has played in the NHL for most of the year. You have Emil Heinemann, who scored 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, Xavier Simoneau has been great. Uh, Condada um, has done surprisingly well. Pierrick Dubé has been really, really solid. Um, Gabriel Borg is playing fourth line minutes now as well. And then Jeremko was in the middle there uh, at the fourth line. So if you have someone to insert there as an Owen Beck who can play, you know, bottom six minutes uh, would be perfect. Yeah. And uh, again, he might be available sooner than later. Um, These games tend to go pretty quick in the OHL. So Look, he could be coming up real quick. Mishar could be coming up real quick. This could get interesting yep. in terms of how many young players they might have available for them. And uh, you mentioned Emil Heineman too. I think he's very on the map with Habs fans at this point. Um, you talked to him recently, yep, right? I, um, I, I, I know you had an episode up already, but for anybody who yep. hasn't listened to it yet, what were your impressions of him? Uh, he's... Uh calm smart collected guy who uh he spoke very um eloquently about uh why he felt uh that his game was better suited for north american hockey than it was for us in the shl because as we've you know we've checked him out uh during the well a little more than a year than uh since he was acquired and and he hasn't exactly lit up uh the shl in lexand but um he was playing a difficult role there where he didn't really get those top six minutes that he, uh, a guy with his shots kind of deserve. Um, and the AHL style with more physicality, more intensity, he feels like that suits him better than the more open eyes that you have in the SHL. Um, and obviously like him and um, I was talking to Matthias Norlinder at the same time. Um, they've become best friends now uh, <laughs> uh, very quickly. Like they got to know each other last year when, when Emil was over. Uh, after his season ended, even if he was injured, he was around the team uh, with Laval uh, when Matthias was playing as well. And uh, it's uh, it was a little bit sad there for Jan Mishek for a while because him and, and Matthias Norlander were, were best friends during the season. And then uh, Emil Heinemann came in and all of a sudden they were all, you know, just speaking Swedish. But uh, then Jakub Dobish came in and even even the things out with two Czechs and two Swedes at the end. Uh, but yeah, Emil Heinemann, Im- impressive guy. He's a, 
he's a big dude. I felt small standing next to him as well. Yeah, and uh, man, he's got a big shot too, yep. doesn't he? Like you, you already mentioned, seven and seven. Um, he's done pretty well since he came up. Uh, he could end up being a key player for them going into the playoffs, yep. right? Uh, you need that guy. Like uh, everybody will remember. I, I keep drawing comparisons to Josh Anderson because every time I watch Emil Heineman, I see a little bit of Josh Anderson in him. Um, it seems like he has that ability to just turn the Jets on when he wants to get into the offensive zone. And once he finds his spot, uh, yep. he can absolutely rip it. So it, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's a quality that you absolutely need out of somebody in your yep. playoffs. And he has that. So it, it could end up being a huge piece for the Laval rocket. If he can keep that same momentum going, uh, keep those shots going, uh, you know, keep his legs going. Uh, like you said, big dude. Um, yep. that, that's the kind of player that can really grind you down in a, in a long playoff series in a seven game series where yeah, you, you start getting frustrated. Yeah. And especially like we saw what the Habs gave up, you know, both financially and in terms of, you know, the trade to Columbus to, to get Josh Anderson, because those guys who are six to about 200 pounds and, and can actually provide scoring ability, they're difficult to find. Um, so if you can grind out something similar of a power forward in, um, in Emil Heinemann with the scoring touch, someone who can, whether it's, well, it's probably going to be in Laval next season, but if you can develop that down the line for someone who can come in and play a middle six minutes in, in the NHL and provide you with 15 to 20 goals a season, that would be great because then you don't have to trade for it or draft it. Um, we saw the Habs trade for Dennis Guriano for the very, very same reason. Um, Guriano fell out of favor with Dallas, but he has the measurables and he has the history of scoring. Uh, it ha probably hasn't worked out as well as the Canadians uh, would have wanted to, but at the same time, they got him for um, Yevgeny Dadonov, who they weren't going to resign anyway. So it would be fun during, well, it will be fun during uh, development camp and, and during um, the beginning of uh, next season, preseason and everything to see Emil Heinemann um, playing against NHL players and, and just see if he can still um, have enough time to unleash his shot and, you know, find the right place in the offensive zone and stuff. Uh, he's only 21 still, so. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we are running out of time here. We want to keep this on a reasonable uh, time frame for our Habs and Minded Extra episodes. But the last thing that I want to touch on here, and it'll just be a little prediction point for both of us. Who are you picking right now? Gun to your head. Who's going to be the number one scorer for the Laval Rocket in the playoffs? Oh, that's difficult. Do you mean score as in goal score or in points overall? We're going to go points overall. We can do goals uh, separately afterwards. Yeah, after this season, it's difficult not to say Rafael Harvey-Pinar. He had five assists in his first game back in the AHL. He just looks like that dude now. When he, when he comes back, everything goes very smoothly for him he just has uh, that you know that oomph about him he's an nhl player in an AHL player's body right now so yeah uh rafael i don't want to disagree with you at all uh honestly that would have been my pick but i i gotta be contrarian in some aspect i gotta pick somebody else i'm gonna go with anthony Hishak. yeah uh, i think speed kills 
Uh, we've seen that in the playoffs before, right? As a Montreal Canadiens fan, everybody remembers how good Paul Byron was in that run for the Habs. I mean, he wasn't their top scorer, but he was pretty damn good. And uh, I, I think that speed is going to do him wonders. And uh, yeah, if it's not Raphael Harvey Pinard, I think it would probably be Anthony Richard. So that's what I'm going to go with. Goals. But now, let's goals. do goals, right? Who's going to oh. be the top goal scorer? Anthony Richard. <laughs> I was going to say Anthony Richard. Like he scored 30 goals. Uh, he provided 37 assists as well, 67 points in 60 games, but 30 goals in 60 games for a guy who previously uh, had one uh, 20 goal season in the AHL back in 2018 19 with Milwaukee. Um, he just lit it up this season. Uh, Extra fun that he was playing for Syracuse Crunch uh, during the stretch of last year um, as well. So, clinching the playoff spot against your former team. And he was super pumped when he came out on the ice and was announced as the third star local guy and everything. No, he, I think that when it comes down to it, I think he's going to score the most goals. And Alvi Pinal provides the passes. Okay. I'm going to yeah. go with your countryman. I'm going to go with Emil Heinemann. Matthias Norlinder. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Emil Heinemann. <laughs> I think yeah. he's getting it done. I think that shot is too much of a weapon. I think what we've it seen is. so far since he came in, it's it, it's going to work for him. I, I think they're going to find the right opportunities for him. I think he's going to end up being their top scorer. I think uh, Richard is going to be close. So I don't think he got a bad pick there at all. Like I said, he was my guy for points. So I think he's going to be up there. But I yep. think goals-wise, I think the, the guy they're going to be looking to, the guy who's going to be there, the, the Cole Caulfield of the Laval Rocket, if you will, yep. it's going to be Emil Heineman. And, uh, you know, he's going to get those shots off. And if he gets him in the right spot, man, he's got one heck of a wrister. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So I hope everybody uh, who's listening tunes into those games. Look, we might not have Montreal Canadiens hockey anymore, at least until October. Uh, but... We can enjoy as much of the Laval Rocket as we can. I would encourage everybody as well to take a look at the CHL playoffs. It is immeasurably relieving to sit down and watch some prospects play well when you know that your team is not going to be in the NHL playoffs. It's 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 almost second to none, and it is only second to watching the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs, of course, which we're not going to be able to do this year. So, you know, try to enjoy it. Right. Like I've said many times in the bottom six minutes, we're refocusing at this point, looking at the draft, looking at the prospects, trying to have some fun with what's left of this season of hockey in general, not just the NHL season. You've been listening to Habs and Minded. Thank you very much for joining us. We will continue with much more content about the CHL playoffs, the AHL playoffs, the draft lottery, and of course, the NHL draft coming up in June. Thank you, as always, for listening. And as I always say, à la prochaine.